Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. As many Americans look to maintain healthy, active lifestyles up to and through their retirement years, some are finding that their knees are struggling to keep up. Wear and tear can lead to osteoarthritis, which can lead to debilitating pain, and increasingly people are turning to knee replacement surgery to help solve the problem. Today we're joined by orthopedic surgeon Dr. Brian Bernicle and Doctor of Physical Therapy Jackie Del Giorno, who discuss what patients face when they elect to get a total knee replacement, from the crucial preoperative conditioning to the surgery itself to the almost immediate physical therapy that follows and the long-term prognosis. We begin with Dr. Brian Bernicle. Dr. Bernicle, why don't we start by just talking about how common is total knee replacement surgery and what are the common reasons for it? Well, knee replacement surgery is becoming more and more common. You know, a larger segment of our population is becoming older. And as we get older, of course, we tend to wear out our joints. So I tell my patients, it's similar to the tread on the tires in your car. The more that you drive, the longer you drive, the more likely you are to wear out your tires. And the same thing happens to our joints. Predictions for the next 10 to 15 years show that the number of knee replacements that we will be doing is going to increase over 600%. And this is similar to hip replacements. However, the increase in hip replacements is only around 180%. And why is there a difference between the two? Well, one of the joints that is most affected by obesity is the knee. And so patients that are overweight tend to have more problems with the development of knee arthritis. So we currently do about... 600,000 total knees per year in the United States. And it's becoming a problem for healthcare, particularly when we see that we're going to have such a large increase in this population and the expense of this procedure is going to be significant. So the obesity epidemic is a driver. Is one of the other reasons for the increase that the surgery is just becoming better? Yeah, the surgery is becoming better. And I think another factor is if we look back People are tending to be more active, and they're more active into their late years. So what happens to these people is they develop other types of injuries. For example, they may have meniscus tear, which is the circular cartilage in the knee, which commonly is removed when it is torn. Well, that cartilage in the knee has a function, and it helps protect the knee. So when that cartilage has to be removed because of an injury, that knee is predisposed to developing wear over time. And so I think our active population, our populations that want to stay active, you know, are really increasing the need for joint replacement. Let's talk about the basic nuts and bolts of this. What are the parts that are used and what's the difference between a total and a partial knee replacement? I tell my patients that a knee replacement is kind of like a retread on a tire in that we're replacing the surface of the joint. About a quarter of an inch of the joint surface is removed from the upper bone, which is the femur or thigh bone, and about a quarter of an inch of the tibia or the shin bone is removed. We then resurface those bones with an artificial surface. On the case of the femur, it's a metallic surface. On the case of the tibia, it's a metal surface with a plastic insert. So when the patient walks and moves their knee, it's actually a plastic surface that's rubbing against a metallic surface. And then the difference between a total and a partial? 
So the total knee replacement, you're essentially putting a new surface on the entire joint surface. In a partial knee replacement, you're only putting a new surface on part of the joint. It's most commonly done in what we call the medial compartment, which is the inner side of the knee. It can be done for the outer side of the knee and also the area around the kneecap, which we call the patellofemoral joint. So we can partially resurface any of the components of the natural knee. It just depends on which part of the knee is worn out. Most commonly, it's the inner or medial side of the knee that we're doing the partial replacement on. We tend to do this on about, in my practice anyway, about 10 to 15% of my patients. And we have a fairly strict criteria as to who is a candidate for doing a partial knee replacement. The partial knee replacement is a smaller procedure, but we want to make sure that we're not doing the smaller procedure for the wrong reason. So we want to make sure that that procedure is going to be the best for that particular patient and is going to relieve that patient of their arthritis symptoms. So commonly, what can someone who's had a total knee replacement, what kind of recovery can they expect? Is it just about keeping things from getting worse, or can they expect to actually improve from the point at which they have the surgery? After a replacement, it doesn't get you back a normal knee, like the knee that you had when you were 20 years old, but people that have a replacement are significantly better than they were before they had the replacement. So most patients are able to get back to things like tennis. A lot of my patients play doubles tennis, but it is possible to play singles tennis. Things like golfing, hiking, even sometimes skiing. I do let my patients run some. I don't like them to do long distance running. I don't want them training for marathons or that type of thing. In general, we tell our patients we like you to do more low impact activities. So, you know, a lot of jumping, heavy weight activities are probably good things for them to avoid. The key with the joint replacement, though, is pain relief. And that's that's really our goal, is, is to relieve that arthritic pain. And over 90% of patients will have significant improvement in their arthritic pain after joint replacement. It's only a small percentage of patients that have persistent pain, and there's various reasons why that may occur. We're going to talk to Jackie Del Giorno in just a second about the physical therapy and sort of the long-term rehabilitation. But before we let you go, can this surgery get better? In other words, you, know, you mentioned it's improved already. I mean, can improvements in technology and materials make this surgery even potentially less invasive? Maybe that's not the right word or, or less difficult for a patient to recover from. Can this be something that as the frequency increases, so does the effectiveness? Yeah, I think that we've seen you know, over time, gradual improvements and not only the implants, the process that we do to put those implants in, and then the way that we take care of patients after surgery. Historically, knee replacement has been a very painful process and a painful recovery for patients, Um, and not just because of the therapist like Jackie, but just because (laughs) of the, the type of procedure that's being done. And we've had some significant advances in the last couple of years, particularly with pain management after the joint replacement. And this has helped patients in recovery. It's helped them get back to their activities quicker. And it's also, you know, provided them with less pain. The number one reason that patients put off having a joint replacement is the fear of the pain that they hear about that's associated with joint replacement. There's a long-acting local anesthetic that we've been using and studying for about two years, which we actually inject into the soft tissue around the knee joint when the procedure's done. This long-acting local anesthetic or sustained-release local anesthetic is gradually released in the tissue around their knee over about a three-day period. We found that patients need to use much less in the form of narcotic pain medication, which in itself has a lot of potential side effects and problems, and they're able to get better range of motion and have shorter length of stay in the hospital. There's nothing on the horizon right now that I can say, wow, this is going to be a dramatic improvement in this procedure, in this process, and I think the point that we are at right now is 
hands down, better than where we were three or four years ago. Dr. Brian Bernicle, thank you so much. Thank you. So, Jackie, he mentioned the pain that sometimes keeps patients away, keeps people hesitant about this. How quickly is physical therapy started with someone post-total knee, and, and what can they expect in terms of the pain and in terms of the rehab? Yeah, therapy has actually started day one, and so most of the patients that are seen here have their surgery done, and they're in recovery, and then back in that hospital later that afternoon, and there's a therapist ready that afternoon to get them up out of bed and start moving. Sounds like it's pretty quick on that, just movement in general, but one of the things that we know is that the sooner that we can get anybody weight-bearing after that procedure, the less likely they are to have blood clots, and kind of the more they feel comfortable just getting up and moving around, and the less the knee feels really tight after surgery, and so we do start physical therapy almost day one. And most of those patients are still kind of feeling pretty good from the anesthesia and like Dr. Bernicle was saying, that uh, local anesthetic that they inject into the joint. And so a lot of times those first couple days are manageable with kind of the medicine and everything too. And as Dr. Bernicle was saying, I mean, it traditionally has been a very painful process and a painful recovery. And I think most of the patients that I see would tell you that that is still the case probably for the first two weeks, that it's just hard and it's just difficult to kind of get through. But after that first two weeks, things start to settle down and the pain becomes really manageable. It doesn't hurt as much at night. And then kind of over the next two months, they're looking at really kind of feeling great throughout most parts of the days. And then maybe only having pain here and there as they start to go back to doing something brand new. So it is not as awful as I think some people paint the picture to be, especially nowadays with some of the new advancements in just pain management in general. And kind of in how we push patients in therapy and how much we really respect the tissue healing time. And so I think people that are nervous about going into it, I definitely do tell patients that it will hurt. I mean, it is a big surgery. But at the end of the day, a lot of times it's not as bad as they think it's going to be. So what hurts? I mean, does it typically right at the knee where the surgery is performed or, or they sort of trickle down pain up and down the leg? Where do people typically have problems? Normally, people say that it hurts right around the knee joint itself. And a lot of that is because they did take away some bone. And so there is a lot of bleeding and kind of healing that's taking place in that bone just in general. And so people will complain about night pain, just kind of some achy soreness. And then the other thing that typically causes most of the pain is stretching. So a lot of the surgery is a pretty large incision down the front of the leg just compared to other surgeries, although now they're becoming smaller and smaller. So maybe a five to six inch incision that runs down the front of the knee. And so as we work on flexion or bending during therapy, that incision gets stretched and the tissue gets stretched. And that a lot of times can be can be the most significant part of pain. So you mentioned the initial goal is just to get them up and moving, help them avoid side effects, obviously. Then how do you get them from that point of just sort of getting through those first two weeks of pain and discomfort toward really rebuilding and, you know, to go off what Dr. Bernicle was saying, getting them toward tennis or other activities that would be a little bit more active? Yeah, so our typical procedure right now is to have somebody in the hospital for about two to three days after their surgery, though there are a couple of champs who are getting out within 24 hours just because of the new advances in pain and management of that. And so typically they head home for about two weeks. And because that is kind of a really important healing time for the knee, we normally send a therapist out to their home. So they have home health therapy for two weeks where they can kind of recover in their house, ice as much as they need to, and kind of focus on rehabilitating their knee without having to worry about driving or getting to an outpatient clinic. And then they start outpatient therapy normally at somewhere between two to three weeks after their surgery. And that's really the time that they are mobile and feeling like that they can get around on their own a little bit easier. And that's about when we start to say, okay, we're going to get your range of motion back first or as much as we think that we can get. So we like to get the knee to go all the way straight. That's our goal number one. And then we like to be able to get the knee to bend to where it bent before surgery. 
So we actually do see patients before they have a surgery just to know what we're kind of aiming in the long run. And then after we get that flexion range of motion back and the extension range of motion back, we work as hard as we can to get the quad and that muscle in the front of the thigh basically to fire as best as it can and to support the knee so that they can go back to doing anything they want to be able to do. And for some people, that's getting up and off the floor, playing with grandkids. Some people, it's going upstairs. Every once in a while, it's someone who wants to jog recreationally or go play singles tennis or doubles tennis or even attempt to ski, although that's not really always recommended. But we kind of spend the next two months of therapy once they get to us, really working on strengthening the quad and making sure they're as supported in that new knee as they possibly can be. So speaking of that new knee, in a sense, I can look at this from one perspective and say, okay, you're trying to get range of motion back to where it was before at least. Mm -hmm. Well, the knee is new. So is the challenge basically that someone who has a knee that's worsening over time, that it's the other muscles that are just becoming more restricted? So essentially the knee is new, but it's the same old quad, it's the same old calf. Is that the issue that you're working with? That's correct. And so most of the time before surgery, I tell patients, you are going to get a new knee, you're going to get a new joint, but you don't get new muscles and ligaments. And so at the end of the day, the knee that you are getting is going to be brand new. You won't have that arthritis in the knee anymore. But the muscle that was supporting the old arthritic knee and all of the ligaments that have now tightened or the muscles that have tightened around that joint are going to have to get used to what the new normal is. And so they remember the old knee. They're going to have to kind of figure out, hey, this is how my new knee functions and this is how the new knee works. And all of our research at this point really says that the range of motion that you have before surgery is very predictive of the range of motion that you have after surgery for almost that exact same reason, that, you know, we replace the joint, but unfortunately, we don't replace the muscles. And we do know a whole lot about arthritic knees tend to be a lot weaker than someone who is age matched, so someone with the same same age knee, but just maybe doesn't have as much arthritis in it. And so we expect the quad to be weak, and so we expect to have to work on getting that strong after surgery, even though the joint is brand new. Overcoming the pain is obvious. Beyond that, are there typical challenges that somebody, you know, post-total knee has in terms of their rehab or typical sort of obstacles that they have to overcome where it's kind of like, okay, once you learn to do this, once you learn to say stop favoring the knee or do whatever, what are typical challenges that somebody faces in rehab? I think they're a little bit different for each person. I think the go-getter individual who wants to go back to being very active and wants to play golf and tennis, we tend to find that the challenge with a lot of these patients is honestly patience and is in kind of waiting for the knee to heal well. And a lot of people will expect more out of their knee a lot of times than the tissue healing process really allows us to do. So it's difficult to go back to work at four weeks, even though you want to and you're motivated to, when the knee is going to be really sore and painful after that. And so for some of our patients, the most difficult thing is just respecting the healing time in the knee and respecting the time that it takes to get stronger because, unfortunately, that doesn't happen overnight. And so I would say that's probably a one subset of people that have to deal with just kind of waiting on the knee to just get stronger so that they can get back to what they want to do. And then I think for another subset, it's actually getting used to physical activity again and getting used to devoting time to their knee and devoting time to themselves in that whole rehab process. And so that sometimes can be a challenge. We ask patients to do their exercises sometimes once or twice a day. And so there's a big time commitment that goes into having a total knee replacement that most patients will tell you if you're willing to put in the time, you're definitely going to see the results from that. So we try to encourage people as much as possible to kind of stay on top of what they're doing and know that it's going to get better. A lot of times our big role in PT is to encourage them along that whole process. What do patients tell you about the difference in how their knee feels? Obviously, hopefully the pain is gone, but you're talking about an artificial knee basically at that point. So what do they say about that? 
I would say most patients in the beginning will kind of tell you they know that it's not their knee. And then by the time they hit about three months, I mean, most of their pain is gone. They really feel great about it. They're glad that they did the surgery. And then they say that every once in a while, they'll try something brand new and it'll remind them that they don't have their old knee anymore. But once you kind of live with it through a couple of months, it's about six to nine months that it starts to just become a part of who you are and you just assume that it's your own knee. And most people at a year don't even realize that it's there. So there are a couple things that maybe will sneak up like kneeling on the knee or doing something a little bit more intense, maybe climbing a ladder for the first time where it'll kind of remind them, oh yeah, this is a joint that has been replaced. But for the most part, people really don't say that their knees feel that much different. Dr. Bernicle mentioned some of the reasons that somebody might need the surgery. What are the kind of potentially early indicators, you know, and and you can be repetitive if if you need to be, but, you know, if if you saw a patient pre-op, for example, what would be the signs that maybe this is a need that needs to be looked at and considered for a, a total or partial knee replacement? Yeah, I think a huge one is just, like Dr. Bernicle was saying, the number one reason to have the surgery is for pain. And so people that are dealing with daily constant pain in their knee joint in general, I think it's definitely worth looking into the cause of that pain. And it's very easy to tell on an x-ray whether or not there's arthritis present in that joint. And most people are kind of aware when their knees are bad. They feel stiff in the morning. They get very swollen if they do any weight-bearing activity or if they try to do something a little over the top of what their normal day is. So some of those Patients will say, hey, I went for a two-mile hike yesterday, and I normally don't do that, and now my knee is swollen and puffy, and it kind of puts them out for two or three days. So that's a pretty typical preoperative patient. Dr. Bernicle tells his patients when he goes in and sees them, he says, yep, you need a new knee, and you will know when you're ready to have it done. Then most people are aware, hey, I'm no longer willing to compromise the activities that I'm doing because of my knee pain. And that's how you know you're really ready for the surgery. When you're willing to say, I'm willing to go through the surgery so that I can be able to do X, Y, and Z, golfing or hiking or swimming without as much pain. So you're currently overseeing some research about knee replacement. What's the research involved and what are you, what are you learning? Sure. So the research is actually a funded trial by Neurotech, which is a company that makes a device called the Kneehab, and it's basically a garment that goes over top of the quad muscle, and it has an electrical stimulation to it that we have two different types of stimulation that we're testing right now, but we are hoping to kind of see if we use this device, it's about five days a week for about 40 minutes each of those days. If we use this device six weeks before surgery, all the way through six weeks after surgery, so a full 12 weeks of use, are we able to see differences in patients in terms of their range of motion or their strength or even some of the functional things that they're able to do, go up and down stairs or walk based on using this device. So we're trying to look and see if if we can start administering some other things to patients before their surgery to get them ready for everything afterwards. What's the theory behind why that device would work and, and the stimulation part of it? What's it designed to do? What's the theory behind it? So it's designed to actually simulate the quad muscle. So the quadricep itself becomes very weak before surgery, typically, because of an arthritic knee. And then, unfortunately, it becomes even weaker after surgery because it's kind of disrupted with the incision. Even though the quad is the extensor mechanism itself, that quad and the tendon and the kneecap are not actually damaged in any way during the surgery, but they do experience a little bit of stretching and some trauma by having to replace the joint. And then the swelling comes into play. So we have all of these factors that kind of make the quad very weak and 
difficult to activate after surgery. And the theory behind the electrical stimulation is that if we can kind of create some type of stimulation for the muscle, independent of the person trying to do it themselves, that maybe we can facilitate that quad becoming stronger and becoming better overall after the surgery. And then we give it to patients before surgery because there's a lot of research to suggest that the quad strength that you have before surgery is actually very predictive of how well patients do it one year out from surgery. So the better you look before, the better things go afterwards. And so we're really trying to see, is this one of those things that maybe helps us have better outcomes and makes things a little bit easier for patients in the long run? So that means, if I'm correct, that it's not too late. Let's say, for example, I think I'm a candidate for knee replacement. Now, obviously, at that point, we assume that I'm in some pretty significant pain, so I don't want to light the significance of what it means to, to try and do things on, the, on that leg with that pain. That said, basically, you're sort of suggesting it's not too late at that point to start strengthening your quad so that when you do have the operation, you stand better chance for recovery afterwards. I think that's definitely true, and we see patients before their surgeries, hopefully a couple weeks before, just to be able to give them exercises to help work on strength that is relatively pain-free. And so there are a lot of different ways that we can strengthen the quad without hurting the knee joint as much. And so it's not things like squats and jump lunges and biking and things that might aggravate or hurt the knee, but we have some basic exercises that keep the knee joint still, that still allow us to strengthen the quad to make things a little bit easier afterwards. And I would say most of the patients who talk with one another when they're in here doing their rehab. Almost every single person who has done exercises for the first couple weeks leading up to their surgery says that it was 100% worth it for them to do that. And so I have, just based on patients' reports alone, I would say that it's definitely not too late if someone has had a surgery scheduled and they have a couple weeks to work on strengthening. It's definitely going to be helpful for them in that whole process and even just to know what's coming after they have their knee joint done. So the physical therapy part of it, the prehab and the rehab, seems to be improving just like the surgery itself. So I'll ask you the question I asked Dr. Bernicle. Do you think that the physical therapy part of the total knee replacement process is going to continue to improve as well based on frequency and the research that you're doing? I hope so, and I know that over the past couple years that I've been seeing most of the total joints in a lot of Dr. Bernicle's patients is that as the technology for the total knee kind of continues to improve, we see patients get their motion faster. We see patients have less pain during therapy. We see them getting back to work a little bit more quickly, and it still does seem to take about two to three months kind of for the full recovery process, but a lot of times their visit numbers can go down a little bit. We don't have to see them three times a week like we did maybe five, ten years ago, but we're more kind of comfortable with two or sometimes even one time a week if somebody gets back to doing things. And so I think we're getting better at getting patients' range of motion back quicker so that we can start working on strengthening sooner. And that really becomes the key is when can we start working on getting the quad strong enough for them to be able to do functional tasks. And so I think hopefully as the knee becomes less painful and as the surgical procedure continues to advance, we will end up with a shorter outpatient therapy time and people will be back to doing the things that they'd like to do hopefully a lot quicker. Well, the increase in the necessity for total knee replacements might not be good, but obviously it seems like the prognosis is getting better. Jackie Del Giorno, thank you so much. You're very welcome. You can learn more about physical therapy for total knee replacement and listen to other episodes of Move Forward Radio at moveforwardpt.com. If you like this podcast, please help us by rating the podcast on iTunes and sharing it with your peers on email or social media. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.